Madeline Reinhardt is a certified Law of Attraction coach, mystic, and international meditation teacher with over 3 million views and 31,000 subscribers to her meditation channel, myself being one of them. She specializes in helping others receive and interpret the soul's guidance and power for manifesting soul-aligned dream love and a dream life, and she is the real deal and an incredible coach and mentor of my own. Please join me in welcoming Madeline Reinhardt to the show. I really wanted to have you on because I started my podcast. You inspired me to start my podcast last year when we were working together. I started it last September. Now I'm at like 10,000 listeners. So I wanted to have you on because you've helped me so much like along my own journey. And I I was like, why would I not have someone that's a huge part of my own healing process on the show? Oh my God. Oh my God, Lauren. Like that is like, (laughs) that is so cool. That is so cool. That is so freaking cool, man. Like, like, wow. Like my mind is blown and I'm just like so honored. And, you know, thank you for the show and thank you for doing, you know, I, I don't know specifically. Do you get into like law of attraction or is it mostly relationship stuff? Yeah, so you, it's yeah. very but either way. I love <laughs> seeing you know more people. I just feel like these kinds of messages you can never say it enough. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because it's like literally changing people's consciousness. Um, it, it, uh, probably for the first time. You know, it's like when in our world it can be for me at least. It's kind of like I. I can get, I can forget how many, how many others don't quite like get or see what we see. You know what I mean? And so if, if it's just like one person kind of just saying, Hey, this is, you know, this is what I've learned. This is how life works and relationships. It's like, mm, okay, whatever. But then if it's like more and more and more and more, it, yeah. it, it helps. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not sure I'm saying it right. I got, I got to get in my like zone, but I just no, think it's, it's awesome. so true. It's so, so true. Like, it takes, it takes guts. You know what I mean? It takes guts to like speak your truth. Well, when you hear about the law of attraction, we'll, we'll just get right into it then. Um, okay. yeah. It's scary and a lot of people resist it because they don't want to believe that they have control over what happens to them. And it's complete reverse psychology to just mm. take this idea of life just happens to us and have that idea of we hold the power, we're in the driver's seat of our lives. It's intimidating. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Awesome. And I've been talking about, I always tell people on my podcast to check out your meditations because I started, I found out your YouTube channel in around 2015, the perfect time, the perfect time that I could find it. I've done your meditations hundreds of times, and each time I do it, it's a completely different experience. And I feel like healing needs to happen on a physical, spiritual, emotional level. And your meditations have helped me work through so much trauma. Like the amount of times I've cried to your voice, Madeline, it's like the most cathartic thing. So Aww. I would love for you to introduce yourself, what you do, your YouTube channel, your message, and just who you are. Okay, right now? Whenever. Yeah, no problem. All right. Well, hello. My name is Madeline Reinhardt. And um, it's funny I say that. I just got married. And so I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking like, should I like say my my public name is Madeline Reinhardt. And, um, And 
and uh, also known as the Meditation Queen, which was a name lovingly given to me by uh, it was a it was a, actually a teacher, a teacher and a client. Um, so it was both, and um, and basically what I do is my foundation is rooted in teaching the law of attraction, which is essentially understand thy own energy as a man thinketh, as a man is, woman, whatever. This is Socrates. Um, so oh, I'm going to butcher this as man thinketh, so is he right? So basically what we think, what we feel, what we vibrate, I'm assuming most of uh, your people understand or probably have heard you talk about vibration, right? So as we vibrate, so we attract, so is our life. As we expand our consciousness, as we learn, as we grow, as we evolve, as we experience the highs and the lows, it changes us and it, and it creates not only our perception, but what we attract into our lives. So that's, that's sort of everything I do. And so that's, um, that foundation, um, uh, really parlays into every area of life, right? You can talk about relationships and go back to how the law of attraction is really influencing that. You can talk about finances. You can talk about home, career, um, your life in general, anything you want to change, shift, understand, work with the law of attraction. It'll bring you back to you. And then all of a sudden these, these pieces, these secrets, these mysteries, these places where there was once confusion, they start to make a little bit more sense. Mm, absolutely. And, and I have to get into eventually when I was working with you last year, I manifested $16,000 out of the blue as well as a soulmate relationship, which I would, I would love to get into later on. But if you could talk about, I know you struggled with panic attacks and bad anxiety. Is that what got you into this work? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, Lauren, you know me so well. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's so interesting. I actually had a full circle moment with that recently. And, um, and, but yeah, what started it, it was about, um, I always have to think about how, like how long ago this was. Cause every time I say it, another year has passed, but at least 13, 14 years ago, um, when I, Oh, yeah, 14, sorry, 14 years ago when I had my first like big panic attack and I had no idea what it was. I literally thought I was dying. I'm sure anyone that's experienced a panic attack can relate. You think, you know, it manifests in different symptoms, but basically for me, it was very physical and it felt very physiological. And I did have like physical things that happened alongside with it, um, like passing out, losing consciousness, body shaking. But really, uh, the one I'm, uh, the one that really got me scared and got me on this whole journey to to basically back to my to my mind was I woke up one morning and I thought there was an earthquake happening. And I was living in Ohio at the time. We don't have earthquakes, at least as far as I as far as I understood. And, um, but so, you know, waking up and coming out of that twilight space and I feel like there's an earthquake happening. So I open my eyes and I'm like, Oh my God. And it stops. And so I was like, Oh, okay. Well maybe it's done. I don't know. I don't know what that was. I try to fall back asleep as I'm falling back asleep, falling back into that twilight, the shaking starts happening again. And I did that a few times where I would, when I would close my eyes and fall asleep, my body would shake. It wasn't actually shaking. It just felt like it was shaking. It's the weirdest thing, Lauren. So uh, if anyone else can relate to that, then then you can relate. If not, um, it was just very strange. I rushed to the ER, had every test under the sun. I ended up having like, you know, blood work, 
Um, they took a urine sample, EKG. I ended up having an MRI because I thought maybe it's in my brain. All these things, and it came back fine. I was fine. There was actually nothing physiologically wrong with me. Um, it it was something else, and then it was prescribed. It was diagnosed, I should say, as as anxiety, panic disorder. Um, I think it was like generalized anxiety at the time. Um, and so, for whatever reason, I had the I had the download. I guess is how I would describe it now. Um, but I had the wherewithal, I had the download to hit that, okay, Madeline, if there's nothing physically wrong with you, then if this is coming from your mind, if it's coming from the way you're thinking, the way your mind is working, and this is something that you can change. I felt very much empowered by knowing that this is something that, that I, I really believed I could heal. And because I wasn't always this way, something something happened, you know, and that, that was the journey to figure out what was that thing that was happening. And so long story short, I did a lot. I began to venture into the mind body connection and ventured into holistic healing. And eventually I found my way into um, the world of Abraham Hicks and, and others. One of my big teachers at that time was Christy Whitman. And that's where I became, uh, she had a, she had a, uh, a law of attraction certification program. And so I followed her a lot. And then, yeah, I just dove into the law of attraction, essentially spirituality and working with cosmic law, divine law, even natural law to, to heal. It was really right. It was about healing. It was started with, I wanted to heal myself, but what ended up happening was I ended up finding out how to tap into cosmic power. So it was quite the win-win if you ask me. Yeah. And it's, it's really alarming when you find out how powerful we actually are. Because so many of us just feel like a speck of dust, just wasting time away on on Earth, but it's the complete opposite. And so many of us resist our own power because that means we'd actually have to look at ourselves and feel worthy of it. Yeah, it is scary. It is scary, and I think for like many reasons too. That's such this is such a deep dive conversation too, because it's like on the surface you might think, why you know I'm why would I be scared of healing? Like I'm not scared of healing. Like you, I've heard the expression of, you know, you can actually be scared of success. And for me, I was always like, who would be scared of, like, why would someone be scared of success? That sounds so, that doesn't make sense. Um, but it, what you come to understand is that these aren't rational fears. What we come, when, when we look at the psyche and really um, specifically when we look at the construct of the ego that we've created, um, there are a lot of impulses that drive us. And mo most of those impulses are subconscious, mm -hmm. meaning we don't even realize they're there, but they're behind the scenes. It's very similar to how um, I would say a computer works. There's a lot that goes on in a computer that I don't see and I don't understand, but it's helping the computer to function. And there is some that I can see. I can see icons on my screen. I can see you. I can see different programs. I can see how different things work, but there's a lot more behind the scenes that's driving the computer. And if any of those things behind the scenes were to go awry, were to be, you know, metaphorically traumatized or disturbed or kind of, or recoded in some way, it will change what we see on the computer. Right. And so that's where, so as a metaphor, that's where it's like these seemingly irrational fears of success or fears of wanting to heal or fears of whatever are coming from these deep, deep, deep um, psychological impulses that we may not even know are there until we, we do this work, right? We have the courage to say, okay, I'm, I may not like what I find. I may like what I find. I may not understand what I find yet, but I'm at least willing to look. 
I'm willing to look at the scary monster under the covers, right? And that's and that's a big one too. It's like the sphere of the unknown. I don't even know what I'm going to discover. But I will say this, anyone that may relate to this, that I don't want to look, I don't want to know. I just want to keep on keeping on. It is worth it. What you will always, always find out is the scary monster under the cover is nothing. It's nothing to actually be afraid of. Mm. It is worth looking into your own self. Because like you said, that's where the magic is. Absolutely. Because so so often we rely on other people to change or circumstances around us to change. And yet we never want to take a look in the mirror and think maybe I'm the one that needs to change my thinking. Yeah. That's, <laughs> big. that's yeah. so big because it's like, it's easy to blame people, right? It's easy to, it's, it's easy to, and that really parlays into the, you know, I'm sure people have heard about victim mentality thinking. It's easy because like you said, you doesn't require you to change. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, the unfortunate part is, is that like you were saying, is that if you don't change, nothing actually changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And so much of our society is physically based. So many people understandably are logical or real, like realism and, and, and analytical. So it's hard to believe sometimes in things you can't physically see, yet our whole life is a physical manifestation of our inner thoughts. Yeah. Yes. Very much like the computer program. Yeah. It's like, or even maybe even a better analogy is like a car. Because our cars these days, we have what, like GPS, we have Bluetooth, we have a lot of things that we don't see that do impact the car, they impact what, what sounds you hear in the car, they impact the directions that are being pulled up in the car. Um, and if, if all we, if all we, what's a better way to say this, um, if you continue how I see it is that if I wouldn't take the time to really look behind the scenes at what's operating me, right? So beyond, so we're going to go a little bit deeper here. <laughs> um, beyond just psychological impulses, hidden, unconscious, maybe somewhat conscious, beyond these impulses um, is, an even, is an even greater part of ourselves that's also at play. And so when we talk about magic and I love saying the word magic but Lauren like you were saying sometimes that if you're a very like practical scientific you know materialist that really is the true definition of materialism I only believe in what I can see in the material that's that's my religion versus I deeply believe in something cosmic and and, and supernatural and something beyond what I can see maybe even understand um that's where we get to spiritual conversations but if we if I, I'll just say, if I had, um, if I weren't consciously taking the time to peer into, or at least question, or or open to these other forces at play in my life, mental, emotional, and spiritual, energetic, um, then it would be very similar to me basically being a car and thinking I'm just the tire. Mm. I'm just trotting along and I'm just dealing with the road and just dealing with life as is. And, and, and I'm just going to keep on rolling because I keep on rolling. If I can just keep working harder and, you know, I'll get, and I can just sort of 
get to where I want to go, you know, that's good enough for me. I don't mind just being a tire. Well, the problem is, is that the tire, the tires aren't really in control, right? They're really not in control. So now we got to look at the other mechanisms that are driving the tires. Now we got to look at the driver of the car and the different functionalities of the car. And, and if you want to go more ethereal, you can think about, well, the driver may be even listening to the instructions of the GPS, which is like that sort of ethereal presence. So it's like there, to me, that's, that is the metaphor of choosing to just live life at a very like basic material level where it's like, unless I can see it, touch it, feel it, and, and work my way there, then it's just, it's, what's the point? It's not real. That's like choosing to be a tire instead of choosing to be the, the tap in, instead of choosing to tap into the forces that are actually in control. Mm. Does that sort of make sense? Yeah, it's really a holistic view of, of viewing it. And I started taking life a lot less seriously when I heard the saying, like, this is just a playground like this is just a hologram and you get to make of it what you want with it so you taught me that you could want something so badly but if you have opposing inner beliefs that limit you and those are your subconscious programming it's not going to manifest right it's contradicting right. yeah yeah um, Dr. Joe Vitale talks about this, talks about these as, um, counter intentions. Mm. We have intentions. I want, I want a dream relationship. I want, I want to make six figures. I want to be a millionaire. I want to have a thriving business. I want to have my dream home. I want to live in this place, right? We have the intention, but the minute we set an intention, we actually simultaneously are now activating all our counter intentions, which is really the subconscious stuff. That's like, I want a dream relationship, but remember all those heartbreaks and like, is it really worth it? I don't even think there's enough, you know, there's any good people out there and like, oh my gosh, I just can't afford to like have my, I can't afford to be disappointed again. And I'd rather be safe and just kind of not worry about it. Right. So now we have the counter intentions, which are stay safe, stay whatever. And those are at play. Those get triggered simultaneously. And so that's why also like doing this personal development work, that's why having a goal and having a dream is so courageous because as you simultaneously claim your heart's true desire, as you simultaneously put yourself out on the path of achieving a dream, you are, you are activating any counter intentions that may have kept you from having it right now. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't have to be scary. As I say that, it's like, oh, I don't want it to be like, oh, well, then I don't want to claim it. And that's why people don't often claim dreams because they don't want to activate all the other stuff. They don't want to come out of the comfort zone. They don't want to face the fears of rejection. They don't want whatever, whatever. Yeah, you do. You have, we do have counter intentions. But, 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 but when we get to look at when the beauty of setting a dream or setting an intention, having a big goal and just going for it, the beauty of it is it will bring up the stuff. Right. It will, it will bring up all that stuff, all the counter intentions. And then when you can see it, it actually loses its power. Stuff only has power in darkness. Things that want to hold you back and stop you only have shadow stuff only has power in the shadows. The minute you bring a light to it, it actually diminishes its power, mm. whether it's with, whether it's within you or in the world around you, anything that's of the shadows 
will lose its power when it has to come to the light. So even just seeing that stuff begins to diminish its power. Mm. Right. So it's worth it. It's worth it to have those lofty dreams and goals. Even if a part of you is terrified that like, what, what am I doing? Because just being able to look at the part that's saying you could never diminishes that voice. Isn't that crazy? Freud actually, um, Freud actually discovered this when he did uh, regression work way, way back when I want to say like 1900s, early 1900s. Um, when he, whenever he was doing his early regression work, what he discovered is that he would have um, uh, clients. That's not the right. Uh, what do you call it? What do doctors say? Patients. Sorry. <laughs> he would have patients that um, would come into him. They, they would have like these physical ailments. Some of them have, would have very painful physical ailments. They couldn't stand them, right? Or they were just having these weird things and there was no like physical, practical, medical reason for it. So what Freud would do is he would take them into regression and he, and he would take them back to the time where, where wherever, whatever caused this, the root of this physical thing, wherever it actually began would come up in this, in this meditation and this trance. And then what he would discover is, is if the patient was able to go back to the place where this whole ailment began where the trauma began, basically, just looking at it and bringing it up would heal them. We had many, many, many patients that would have stuff that plagued them for years would be gone just because they just were like, oh, that's where it came from. And then there was another, and I forget his name, but there was another, um, the only regressionist, but he ended up doing, um, he ended up doing um, future work. Basically, he would uh, have people tap into a future timeline. If I keep this up, where does this take me in this life and maybe lives beyond? Um, and, and he too discovered that just by understanding what the lesson is or what the trauma was or what the initial impact of injury was, especially if it was an emotional, mental, spiritual um, 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 impact, just by understanding it would change the course of someone's life. So just looking at the stuff has power hiding from it continues to perpetuate the problem period beautifully said and i uh you need to write your own book one day like you just have so much wisdom um i would love to get into relationships but before that i kind of want to get back to basics a little if this is someone's i doubt it's their first time tuning into loa and stuff like that if they're listening to the podcast but when I think of LOA, most of us think of The Secret that came out in like 2005. It was the really the first time that was introduced into the Western world in that manner. And really, I think people think of manifestation as if, oh, I want to manifest this car, but really we're manifesting all day, every day. So what would you say out of those three steps that The Secret kind of made it beginner friendly, the ask, believe, receive, where do you think people get hung up on the most? Ooh. Ooh. Wow. Where are we going wrong, Madeline? For me personally, I'll share. It's the releasing. Mm. Letting go. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Drink to that. (laughs) We'll drink to that. Getting that water. Yeah. Wow. Oh, this is fun. Okay. So I, I love manifestation work. It's like, it's like my favorite thing in the whole world. (laughs) I love magic cosmic magic, divine magic. And so, yeah, so we're good with asking. So I'm just, I'm trying to think back on different situations personally and what I've seen with people. And so I feel like usually when you get going with a program, 
if you signed up for it, you've invested in it, you're, you're, you're being genuine. I'm ready to go. I'm excited, whatever. So the asking at that point is pretty easy. Um, in terms of asking, I'm going to hit this at different layers because there's the, there's places where I think people go wrong um, in many many <laughs> in many of the steps, myself included. That is not a judgment statement, by the way. It's 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 just the way it is. Okay, so in the asking stage, that's usually where we're pretty good, um, but typically we don't ask for enough, right? We we aren't using our our faculty, our God-given faculty of imagination. I, I, and like you said, if you're very practical, uh, very uh, materialist, the idea of an imagination, you don't think it has any practical value. But when you start understanding that things don't happen by accident, that there are forces at play that actually move and transform and give birth to the material, then you start to take your imagination a little bit more seriously because it is a skill, it is a talent, and it truly is a power. Um, and so, yeah, I think the first step is we don't actually activate our imagination and tune into what do I want? What do I really want? But like, is am I just, is this just because my parents like that's kind of what they expect of me and so I want that because what's driving that is a, de- a wanting a wanting to please my parents so I think that's what I really want but that's really coming from a place of codependence right so so activate what would be like if nothing were wrong or bad or whatever to ask for how could I dream this how could I dream this even bigger and activating that imagination and then when you do that something will happen when you begin to activate the imagination and it clicks into your heart you not only will it will kind of light you up it's like going to a, a one of a dream place for the first time and you're just like wow everything's possible and you're lit up right but that's a real power like that's a very real force that you're now moving into your physicality you've, you've moved it from the ether as you're moving into your body that's very real so i think that'd be the first step we don't actually tap into the imagination begin to get creative and dream a little bit bigger and a little bit maybe more um authentically um after asking what then usually what i would usually have people do and where i would see and actually people don't go wrong but that's when you you are now confronted with well now that i'm dreaming of this what's that voice in the back of my head saying oh this is crazy who do you think you are like that's going to be so hard but nobody else is doing this but during a time like this or, you know, for instance, like I just moved to my dream home, basically. I moved from Ohio, Florida last year, and it was during the beginning. Well, I, guess I would say the middle of the of when the pandemic started. And, you know, there were some, like, legitimate fears. Like, well, what am I doing? Like, this is in the middle of, like, a big thing. And But there was a bigger part of me that, um, one, knew I wanted to be here. And then, two, like, knew I would be safe. And, and it, it was, it all worked out so just beautifully as, as it does when you're moving from alignment. Um, but anyway, so you'll get fears that pop up. I really want this, but all these reasons why I can't, shouldn't, which may be very, very, uh, very real, which may be very valid. We'll just leave that at that. Some of them, a lot of them will not be valid. They'll be outdated stuff that we need to look at. Right. And then some of it will be, and then you just get to address, okay, well, kind of, is, is it worth me not going after the dream? Is this fear really worth me after not going after what I really want? What's really calling at me? Am I going to live from faith or fear? That sort of thing. Um, 
I think where people might go wrong with that is they may not take, is they'll either let the fears stop them, legitimate or not, um, or they really may not take the time to actually look at, at, at those counter intentions. And they may, they may think, um, yeah, I think it's putting in the work at that point. It's like, once you have the counter intentions, once you have all the subconscious stuff, all the fears, all the, all the blocks, all that stuff that pops up, that would, that would, that would, um, stop you basically really look at it. It's worth looking at it. Don't just sort of skim over it. Um, I think people think this is probably tedious work because what most coaches I believe would teach you to do is to actually like really look into it. Kind of almost like give yourself a little therapy. Where did this come from? Where did this fear come from? Like, where did this voice come from? Where did this belief come from? Do I still want to choose to believe it? And then the really hard part is then actually changing your mind. Right. So specifically we'll say, we'll use money. I want to up level. I want to up my income to a really, a really beautiful sweet spot for me. But this is more than my parents have ever made. And this is more than I may even think I deserve doing what I love to do. Like, who am I to do that? I don't know if I actually deserve. Whoa, where did that believe, right? And so you sit with it and you take it seriously. You know what I mean? It's like, so you look at it. Whoa, like, oh my gosh, I have let society, culture, conditioning, low self-worth, years and years and years of thinking that that my particular skill set wasn't valuable, that ultimately I, what I have to offer, that I'm not valuable, right? Really take that seriously. Take it seriously in the, in the sense that it is a very real thing alive within you, whether it came from 20 years ago or whatever, last year. It, if it's coming up, it's alive within you, which means it's important to look at. But don't take it seriously thinking that it's the ultimate truth. This isn't, this isn't the divine truth. This isn't cosmic law that you can't make a crap ton of money just being you and, and giving what you what you have to give. Like, are you willing to change that belief, right? That's where a lot of that's where a lot of us get stunned. We don't actually take the time to 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 do that. Hmm. And then so you look at the stuff that we're stopping, and then you begin to kind of to me it's it's like getting the stuff out of the way. Get this, I want this, what's the stuff in the way? Okay, these beliefs that that whatever. And then you know where you know where people really all kind of so do the inner work. Um, and then a big part is you mentioned surrender, debtor. What I have found, I had the craziest story. So it, uh, last weekend, actually, I was traveling and I like, I don't know where this came from. I was traveling with my husband and, and I, we were like halfway to the destination. And I was like, it was just like, I think it was something about the beautiful sunset and just like, we had just got home from. Uh, like a, a full dramatic thing, have to go into it. Maybe it's kind of what I was talking about earlier, but I had a full, a full circle moment. And and I was like, and I was sort of in a weird place and I caught myself. And I was like, whoa, I don't want to be in this weird place. I want to shift this up. And so I just kind of looked at the sunset and I was like, I want to tap back into the magic. And so I began to, I may have began with gratitude it's like, okay, you know, I'm grateful to be here. Look at this beautiful sunset. Da, da, da. And then I was, I turned to Clint and I was like, you know, what would be so cool? What if, what if when we got to the hotel, they just gave us this like upgrade, like just for whatever reason, a complimentary upgrade. 
And then I, and then what else did I say? And then we had our cat with us too. So I was like, and you know what we also, and actually came later. We're like, you know, this would be cool if, if, if usually like with our cat, it's such a hassle to get him in and all that stuff. He scratches all. And I was like, wouldn't it be awesome if it was just like the easiest thing to get the cat in? There wasn't even a problem. And he, he didn't scream at the door all night. And so what do you know? We get to the hotel. They give, we randomly have this like upgrade. And I don't know. I really did. I don't know why we had an upgrade, except I do know why. But, um, and then we got the cat in. He usually likes school. If you travel with him the first night, he usually screams for a while he didn't do any of that. And I was just like, wow. And so, um, I say that because of the surrender part, what I have learned is that, um, yeah, the surrender part is hard when you feel very much like you still have to control, right? You still have to control. You need to be in control. You need to know how this is going to happen, if it's going to happen, and the surrender part actually gets easier and easier and easier the more you really trust that you are 100% always taken care of mm-hmm. and and loved and and your your wish is, is is the universe's command that sort of thing and it's always this or something better and you honestly don't care this is the paradox when you honestly like don't care if it happens or not what do you know that's when it happens and right (laughs) and so that's what I literally just said that I didn't need it to happen I wasn't like banking on it to happen I really was just wanting to get my mind out of a weird place that it drifted into that I caught and then I just kind of had this dream and so what I did so we're in the car I said this wouldn't it be nice if this happened wouldn't it be awesome if this happened and I just felt myself just like in that wonderment and then I forgot about it. I looked out the window and the sunset was like this beautiful pink cotton candy blue. And I'm like, oh, like, I just felt like, and I had a thought like, this is God's love. Like just creates these skies just for us to look at and say, oh, I love it. Forgot about it. And, and then we got to the hotel, my husband went in to check in. He's like, guess what? And I'm like, shut up. No, <laughs> I forgot. So, so surrender. So that can be very, very hard, but it comes and that's okay. Um, but I will say this the more you're in trust and the more you experience these little wins, the easier it is to be like, you know what? It's this or something better. And if it doesn't work out, I don't care. And that's often when it does work out. And then the last thing I'll, I'll say about where people typically go wrong is inspiration. Um, when you get inspiration, it, 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 it often, I want to, I'm debating if I want to say it often doesn't, look like what you think it will but sometimes it does but when you get inspiration run to the hills with it run with it don't wait don't wait we are in a time especially now we are definitely in a time where where i'll just say this way like the veil is very thin meaning the things that were once hidden the forces that play that that were typically that seemed very far away are now very, very, very close. And things are happening quickly. Things are changing quickly. There's a lot of change going on and it's not an accident at all. These are very, very important and special and prophesied times. The veil is thin. And so um, when you get a hit, I can promise you it is meant for now. It's not meant for tomorrow. It's not meant for next year. It's like, I got this idea. So to the best of your ability, run with inspiration and trust it. And this is where people get messed up, myself included, because we get the hit 
and we think that's not even related or I'll, I'll do that tomorrow or, Oh, that would never work. Or like, Oh, that would be so embarrassing. Or, Oh my God, people would hate me. And then we stop ourselves and we pull ourselves out of that flow mm. where the miracles can continue to come. So when you get the hit, like for, as an example, um, as an example, so I always use this as an example, like in my program, so Lauren, you may have heard this a million times, but <laughs> it's a good example. So when I got, when I finished um, training with, when I got, basically got certified with the law of attraction, I was like, I'm going to be a coach. That's going to be my thing. I'm going to go on YouTube and just teach little law of attraction snippets and it's going to be great. And then my people will find me. It's going to be great. Well, that's not exact that my first video was like a law of attraction thing about law of attraction cards and it was really goofy and it's like still there because <laughs> I refuse to delete it, you know, part of me like wants but part of me is like, no, this is like, keep it. This is special. This is precious. Anyway. Um, yeah, I did that and it was like, okay, whatever. Um, it wasn't until one day I got the hit. Hey. I was doing this meditation to release anger and it really, really helped me. And I just got the hit. I bet this would help a lot of people. And so I was like, no, this was at a time. Granted, this is like 12, 13 years ago. And so I didn't want, I thought meditation was so weird. Everyone I knew thought meditation was so weird. Like I don't, so I was very nervous to release it. Cause I'm like, I don't want my friends to see this. They're going to think I'm a weirdo. But fortunately I listened to the hit. And then I put out a meditation and it was these meditations that I put out, not even wanting them to take off. I didn't want them to take off. I felt so self-conscious, but, and I think this is another part too, but my heart, it was really coming from an aligned place. It, come, it came from a place that this, this feels right. And it's of service. I think when something is truly of service, you're in your heart and you're in the right time and you're in a very powerful, potent, magical place. So there's something to be said about um, um, a service-oriented perspective. I want to help people. I want to teach people. I, I, this helped me. I think this might help another. And that's what, anyways, it was those meditations that really became my theme. And, yeah, I still teach law of attraction, but more importantly, what I really teach is meditation. And what meditation has, meditation has allowed me to go into many, many different paths that I would have never thought, I, would, I could have never consciously thought I never in a million, million, trillion years would have thought I'll be teaching meditations when I grow up. You know what I mean? Like, so listen to those hits. You may feel crazy as hell. You may feel so self-conscious. You may feel like this will never work. You may feel a million different things. You may feel like I'm just dreaming in a la la land. Let me look at the sky and that's all good and fine. Just follow your heart. Okay. That's what people, most of the time we, we stop ourselves. And can I say, hands down, not even trying to guess you up, Madeline, you are by far my favorite meditation teacher in the entire universe. Shut up. Your meditations are, are on a whole new level. I tried downloading meditation apps in the last like few months. I'm like, let me take a break from Madeline. I'm going right back. Like today, I listened to your cutting cords meditation, and I was like, yeah. there's nothing like it. But anyway, how can someone tell the difference? between, because this is something I struggle with, if it's a hit of aligned guidance or if it's just your anxiety and doubt speaking? Ooh, well, they feel very, very different. They mm. feel very, very different, right? Anxiety feels like anxiety. Fear feels like fear. The ego will say, if you don't do this now, you're a bit, you'll mm. never get it. This is the time. This is when people, 
the it's like the ego fear mind like it's it very much is like you have to do this and if you don't you will have failed and you will have missed your boat that is not the voice of soul that is not the voice of spirit that is not the voice of inspiration the voice of inspiration is like Ooh, oh my god like that would be cool to like create this meditation oh but i can't oh i don't want to be so weird but oh my god that'd be so good that'd be kind of crazy i bet this would really help someone and it's almost one of those things that it's so for me at least it's so subtle it's so soft. It's so loving. It's so just in the moment. It's unplanned. It's it's very much heart space. And it's like, it's another example. It's it, Sometimes I write songs, for, for instance, right? And if I were to just, the, for me, the best melodies I've ever created, in my opinion, were like, I would hear like, or you know that that I would hear like a, a neat little melody and I'm like ooh that's kind of fun and I would just kind of play with it. I, you can't force this stuff, right? You can't force a beautiful song out of you. You allow it to come, right? You allow it to land in you and almost permeate in you. And sometimes you get a hit and it's not complete. And this is um, a big part of intuition development or mystic development. And it's understanding that you know, like you said, we are receiving all the time from spirit we're receiving messages and guidance and inspiration and love it's there it's there in spades we just often have blinders onto it but the veil like i said earlier the veil is thinning so it's it's getting a little bit easier and easier to, to pop back into that kind of see behind the curtain so to speak but um yeah so sometimes you get a hit and it's like huh that's a neat idea or a neat concept or a neat melody or a neat feeling and it may feel incomplete. And so that's okay. There's nothing to do in that moment, but recognize it. Say, okay, I think something's brewing. And then revisit it, kind of play with it. Almost like you were, if you're writing a song, you may get an initial hit, the melody, a harmony, whatever. There may be a song. I feel like there's a songwriter listening to your podcast, and this might be why this is coming through. So this is for you, you songwriters. <laughs> Don't beat up on yourself because I've heard so many songwriters say, oh, I, they had a hit song. And they're like, oh, I wrote it in like two minutes. It just came to me. And it's like, cool, that totally happens. But if that's not happening, don't like beat up on yourself. That doesn't mean you still can't, you're not getting something quite beautiful. And often when we are getting a download of something that's very next level, that's very much designed to, to um, make changes, we'll just say, that's if not for you, for somebody else. If you're, if you're getting something that's, that's a little bit bigger than your average kind of um, impulse, it will most likely take time to um, brew, <laughs> to like cook, you know? So that, but that's what, that to me, that's what it feels like. It's this beautiful, um, very subtle, very soft, very playful, um, very creative, very, it, and sometimes it can almost be like a lightning strike. It's a very sudden, oh, that happens with like claircognizance, like, or, or downloads basically, where it's like, you might be trying to like remember something or think of something, and then you finally just let it go because you can't, you can't, your brain can't remember it. And as you let it go, now you open to receive the download, and then you do, you're like, oh, boom, that was it. And, you know, so it's very much like that. It can be very sudden and like, wow, where did that come from? There's definitely a feeling like it didn't just come from your brain. Um, or it's just this very soft, beautiful idea, creative idea that you may, you will probably doubt 
um, at first, but but don't. It's 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 a beautiful little message, and it's a gift. And and play with it, run with it, you know, work with it, let it move, let it change you, even. And that's what it's. That's ultimately what this is about, right? When the journey you're on, Lauren, the journey I'm on, the, the dreams that we have. They're really more about our personal soul journey. They're really about us unleashing and molding ourselves in a way that 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 will draw us closer to, um, I'll say, enlightenment. That will draw us closer to this place of alignment. That will draw us closer to this destination that that we're really on. So all this stuff is about really changing you and allowing spirit to change you and allowing your soul to ultimately re write you in its higher image. So allow these downloads to move you and change you and change the way you think, change what you believe, change what you think is possible, change how you act, change how you move. Allow this stuff to be your guide, right? That's very different than when we're operating from ego that's saying, oh, this is the checklist you have to do. And this is how, you know, coach, you know, A, B, and C said how success comes. And so this is, I got to do it right. No, that's not inspiration. That stuff may work and may be helpful. And you may be actually be guided to certain things like that. You may be guided to structure, and that's that may be very much part of the journey. But that but don't mistake that for 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 the feeling of inspiration. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. I'm so sad. We we only have 15 minutes left. I feel like time is going by so fast. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um. So this next question, before we wrap up, I'm asking for a friend. AKA personally. And this is, this is a really, <laughs> this is something the last year I've been struggling with. It started out. I was trying to manifest a job, kept manifesting job interviews. No one would hire me. Then I got a job. Then I, they ungave me the job. Now it appeared as right. Who Sorry, even knew that was a thing? I'm at you. It's just the way you said it. I know. Now, um, Personally, for me, we didn't even have time to go into relationships, but I manifested my dream relationship. And then he dumped me a couple days ago. And I'm like, but I thought this was the one. This was my soulmate. How could I? So why do we manifest something and then it just seemingly slips out of our hands? Okay. In your opinion. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. Great question. Um, there's, there's. Uh, there's a few immediately comes to mind. There's a few ways and reasons um, for everything, but specifically for this. So I think what direction I want to go. Um, so the big thing is, you know, it's funny. I remember, I remember having this very similar discussion, I think maybe even almost a year ago. And I, I answered this question um, with, Basically, how? Um, okay, so with everything, with everything we want, it's very common that we will be confronted with the almost, mm -hmm. right? The almost, um, the, the the I've heard it expressed as the the is is not paradigm which I don't fully um, subscribe to because I think it's not so much that you have to manage the is not before you get the is that is not it. And then you get through that and then it is it. But I do think 
as we get closer to our dream, we will manifest things that are almost, mm. right? Almost, but not quite. So that's one way to look at it. These, these Before you move even further, these kind of situations are really good for inner work, yeah. by the way, Lord, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay, wow. So what I, so what, so even before we go into why different scenarios that could explain this, um, what I would do is have you and anyone else that may be feeling like, I always just feel like so disappointed. Like, why does this not work for me? Does mm-hmm. law of attraction not work for me? I hear this all the time, right? So this is a great question. It just doesn't work for me. It, it may work here, but it doesn't work here. Like, I don't get it. Something's something's wrong, right? Okay. So the first thing to know is that law of attraction is always working. Like you said, right? Always, always, always. We're so loved. We're so adored. Asking you shall receive, right? Totally. Um, so when we're not, it's almost like when you set that intention and even when you have it or you think you have it, what are, what are the counter influences? What are the counter intentions? What are the counter forces at play? So anyway, so, so with this situation, what I would say is, okay, so this happened, disappointment, what is coming up? Can we actually, this may be, I don't know if this would be too personal, but can we do a little bit of, can I ask you some questions? I would okay. love that. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right, Lauren. So, so this happened a few days ago. God bless you. Sending me so much love and big hugs. Um, My first question for you is, is so I actually want you to tune into your heart on this one. What are you feeling right now about this, about that situation? Confused. Very lost and disappointed. Like you said, Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to touch on really good words. So I want to touch on confusion. Um, what most confuses you about this situation? How this person could reject me after telling me they wanted me to be their wife. Oh, yeah. Okay. And what were, Laura, what were your, as you stay connected with your heart, actually, let's go in there a little bit deeper. So, you know, this person was talking about marriage with you, right? Very real commitment. So when you, when you would be talking with him about that, what, how would your body feel? How would your heart feel when you would talk about this stuff? I was like, no way. (laughs) Cause I have a deep fear of abandonment and loss. And I said, there's no way that's ever going to happen. This person can't be in love with me mm-hmm. or at least not deeply enough in love with me to sustain a happy long marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So that's so good. So automatically you're seeing that you actually didn't believe him. You felt like he was saying it and it, it was kind of just like, what's the word? It was just mouth service, lip service. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then, so now you didn't believe him. Let, let's tune into this. So is it true? Is it true that you didn't believe him because you just felt like there's no way that he would want that with you? Or was there something else you may have been picking up about him? 
just tune into why, why didn't you really believe him when he said it? It was not him. It was a self-worth thing. A hundred percent. My deservingness, my lovability, my worth. I didn't think that it was possible for anyone to see that or believe I had enough lovability to want to spend the rest of their life with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So staying on that train, train of thought, Lauren, beautiful Lauren, where can you remember? When was the last time? It doesn't have to be the first time, but whatever pops into your head, when was the last time you remember feeling the same way? The last time last summer around this time. Okay. Do you mind going into that? Is that too personal? No, I, you know me. I'm, I love the, the shadow work. It's my favorite. Okay. No. Too. Yeah. It was, um, I had lost so much weight. I lost close to 30 pounds. I felt the most outwardly beautiful that I've ever felt in my life. And I really was into this person and he just didn't like me back. And I said, even at my best, I'm still not good enough. And it was a horrible feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I just want to hug you, girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So let's see if we can keep going even a little further back. So before that, when, when was the time you just really felt, wait, pause. So if you could, if you could really epitomize that with a few words, a few adjectives, the way you were feeling last year when that happened, and you're looking just gorgeous, you for in the best shape of your life. But then this happened, right? You're, you're feeling this. How would you, how would, how would you, what words would you use to describe the f- way you were feeling? Definitely rejected um, on a really deep level. Confused as well, because I, I thought my person, I was like, well, my personality is pretty cool. If I could just get my looks up, isn't that what guys want? They want a beautiful girl. And then I was like, if he doesn't want that, then what does he want? So I felt confused, rejected, and I felt really small and just like I had nothing to offer that nobody would want. Mm-hmm. What I want, no one, ha- what I have to offer, no one wants. Okay. Okay. All right. So hold that, kind of feel into that. And we're going to pause here because this is often where we, you ask the question, where do we often stop ourselves? This is where we often stop ourselves is when that all the heavier kind of gunkier feelings are coming up because this is what it's about. It's the mirror. And it's like, man, I just felt so small. I felt so like I had no value, right? I was low value, you could say, right? So I, I didn't feel highly of myself, right? And then other confused, confused. That's an interesting one that, oh, wow, that, that'd be a cool one for you to really go into. Um, this stuff, Lauren, this is the stuff that is coming up to be seen Mm -hmm. and not just sort of like, oh, this is coming up. How do I get out of it? No, what I would want you and anyone that can relate to this, any, everyone that can relate to this, to understand that actually sitting in this is the healing. Mm -hmm. This is healing through the feminine, right? This is the healing through uh, divine presence, this is like, whoa, this is what I'm feeling. And when I really sit on it, I've actually been feeling this for a while. I felt it last year. And my guess is, what I, now. so now where I want to go with you, I want you to actually sit with that feeling 
And a time before that when you felt this way, what comes to mind? What was another time before that when you felt the same way? Uh, five years ago in uh, a relationship that was the first person I ever fell in love with. Mm, first love. Yeah. And then a time before that, anything coming up? High school. I was bullied. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of this stuff begins. But what about even before that? Uh, adoption is a huge one. I think mm -hmm. that's the first, mm -hmm. the first wound where I felt not good enough or chosen, not chosen is a really big one yeah. for me. Yeah. Deep stuff, worthy stuff. So that's where that's, that's the nugget, right? That's the initial um, moment of impact. Mm. And that's you. So when you sit with this, right, when you sit with this and by the way, this does not mean that there's anything wrong with you or broken with you. Our, mesh, our, our emotions are messengers, period. It's, it's the current through which our soul is trying to communicate to us, right? Your soul is trying to tell you something. So you're right now you're getting the message of what's going on in your heart, right? And the reason it feels so off is because it's not the truth. It's not aligned with the truth of who you are, right? And so we won't jump straight to that. But so what, what you do then is, is you sit with it and then you journal out everything that's coming up, how long you felt it. You go back to the, you can even, and if you're willing to go there, you can even ask your soul to take you back to if there was a time even before before birth, you know, we talk about prenatal or not we, but like you can talk about stuff. When we are in our mother's womb, we are aware. We are very aware of what's going on. We are very impacted by that stuff. And, and you, when you go into regressions, there are all people you can most likely experience being back in that womb and sort of maybe feeling the mother's, your mom's stress at the time or fear, or sadness or depression or whatever. So anyway, so you, you can go back as far as you want. You can also go forward and say, all right, if I don't deal with this impact right now, if I don't deal with this impact in this life here, what does, what does my next year look like five years from now, maybe a life from now. Right. Yeah. And then you can sort of just begin to see, um, you can begin to see there. You can begin to see how, for me, how I would see it is how this really isn't you. For me, it creates a level of detachment. Does that make sense? It's like it's not me. It's just a, something that's affecting me, mm. and it's something that if I keep with me, it will continue to affect me in this way. But if I release it, if I alchemize it, if I transform it, right? Ultimately, if I heal it transmute it into something beautiful you can also tap into that in regressions by the way so that's a whole different thing so anyway so you so what we've uncovered what you've uncovered lauren is that this thing isn't just this is something you've actually been carrying with you holding on with you for a very very very, very long time so that's the healing work that's the gift and what's going on and so so you can dive into that you can ask questions like, you know, 
how, who would I be if I were able to heal this, transmute this, alchemize this? What is the message in this? How can I transmute this, heal this, alchemize this? Um, what would change in my, in my love life? What would change in my home life? What would change in my clothes? How, how, how would I change once I transmute this? Um, you can begin with statements like, you know, now that I'm on the path of healing, now that I'm on the, the path of so many different ways you can begin to sort of dive into this and journal. Like those are just some examples I wanted to give everyone that may, that this may resonate with. Um, but ultimately, so what I would say is before we go into understanding why this is happening, the many different reasons why the situation may have happened, the root of why this happened was because it's reflecting something to you that you've been, you haven't fully addressed yet. Mm. And maybe you have on to some degree, on to some degree, but it's still there. Right. And so, so we'll kind of skip forward. So once you heal that, which you can, and you will for sure. But once you step into um, a place of high self value, a place of high self acceptance, a place of, of deep compassion for yourself and maybe even for mom, dad, right? Mm -hmm. There may be something there too to look at. Forgiveness often is a huge thing that, that we, we all have to learn in this life because Ooh, yeah, there's a, I mean, this is earth. Earth is no joke, no <laughs> joke. So anyway, so when you do that work and you really come to that really elevated place, if something like this were to happen, someone were to like make these promises and seemingly mean it, but then yet still leave, it won't hit you the same. Hmm. It won't hit you the same. And, and, um, and chances are what I would say in the interim too, is that it's another thing about that besides the emotional spiritual work is put yourself, um, continue to put yourself in a place of, of empowerment and abundance, um, going forward. Uh, meaning, um, I want you right, right now, your main goal is to really take care of you. Um, the, one of the biggest things with love, right? You hear the cliche, love yourself and you'll attract love, like, right, whatever. What does that actually mean? Well, specifically, one of the things it means is that really put yourself in high esteem, really put yourself in high value, really put yourself, begin to really put yourself first. Um, and then specifically in the dating world, um, if you, if you want to, if you plan to venture out into the dating world, um, I would, uh, what I did, I'll, I'll say personally for me, because before I met my husband, right before I met my husband, I learned a really valuable but tough lesson in love that broke my heart. And but it was that heartbreak that really changed me because I started diving into some different learnings, uh, specifically about masculine feminine dynamics. But what I started actually dating differently, and I started dating in a way that healed me. You can heal also via through um, the dating process when it's done very consciously, meaning I, instead of, um, specifically I was dating, I used to date from more of a place of disempowerment and a place of lack of worth, honestly, instead of dating from a place where I put myself <laughs> from a place of high worth and, and deep empowerment. And I really started approaching, um, meeting people, dating, um, getting to know people from a place of you no longer am I trying to prove myself to you 
and trying to overextend and overfunction to make this work, I'm actually realizing I'm already worthy of love and worthy of exactly what I desire. And my job is not to make that happen, especially as the feminine core, but my job is to allow the best, let, let the best man win. Right. And I don't know if this sounds completely arrogant, but it is what it is. And it, it, it healed me and it allowed the best man for me to actually rise up right there. So for you, that's where I would also allow this opportunity to begin, because, you know, even if even if, by the way, you don't have to be perfect and totally healed to attract dream love. Right. You can still be wanting to heal this deep sense of abandonment and this deep core wound and maybe like confusion around where did the confusion you may find well that's up to you to discover but let's assume like confusion maybe began like where did mom go and like i still don't understand why me and that carried you through right so you could still be dealing with that and that can be actually that can you can turn the alchemize that transmute that into something that actually brings you that brings your man closer to you and not something that becomes an energy where it's like they feel drawn apart and so that'd be something I would actually affirm, you know, my healing process and all that comes up is that it's rich and it's real and it draws the, it draws my soulmate powerfully to me. As I continue to look at this stuff, I just get closer and closer to my, my soulmate, whomever that may be. Maybe this person, maybe, maybe he may have made room for somebody else to come in, but ultimately, so I'll end with this moving forward. Um, I want you to, um, I want you to begin with, uh, begin and end with the core that you know you are as you are you are divine you are perfect you are worthy you are you are the uh what is the expression you what, what is the expression i'm sure you know it. you are the, the you are the prize you are the prize you have nothing to prove and the irony with dating especially with with the feminine those that resonate as a very feminine core soul um being which I do is that, which is why I teach the stuff. Cause it's like, it's, it's just so real. Um, you, uh, the more you, the less you try, the less you push, the less you perform, the less you over function, the less, the, the more you just step into work worthiness, the less you try, the more the masculine will step up. And the more you'll filter out those that were sort of like half in, half out, those, the, the more you'll fil you will filter out the playboys. I'm not sure if people still use that word. The more you'll, you'll, you'll fil you will filter out the, the ones that aren't serious, the ones that aren't, um, that aren't what you want. We'll just put it that way. That really aren't what you want. So go in and thinking like, if you go into dating, go into thinking, I'm going to allow, I'm going to meet people and I'm going to allow I'm going to allow myself to step into a place of worth and remind myself that I'm worthy of being doted upon, taken care of, loved on, pampered. That was one of my things. Let me just, let me just end with this. One of my things was I wanted to step into that goddess energy where it's like, I want, I want my, I want my masculine man to be one that loves to take me out, that loves to step up for me, that loves to protect me, that loves to just pamper me, that loves to all these things that sound so crazy. That to me at one point sounded crazy and out there. That's literally what my husband does. He he's like literally all of that, and it blows my mind. Like it's it's and it's there's nothing more healing. There's nothing more healing than that to a feminine core woman. There's nothing more healing than being in the presence of a strong masculine partner that wants nothing more than to protect guide provide for just make sure that his, his woman is is 
is safe and, and is well and is loved. And, and she knows that. Who would never dream of hurting her. Who would never dream. Who, who couldn't stomach breaking her heart. Who couldn't stomach like any of that. Like he's just, he's devoted. Devoted. Right? That's what, you know, if that's what resonates and that's what you want, claim it. And then allow yourself to move into a place of abundance where you're allowing people to step up for you. Don't, and they have to prove it to you, by the way. Let, let them step up and show their devotional love to you before you, you move forward with them. So I went on a big tangent there, but does that make sense? Yes, preach. And I, I love that um, something that you say is what is meant for you will not miss you. And I think tonight I'm going to do your breaking relationship patterns meditation and journal that shit out. But that <laughs> went so deep and I, I love this stuff. We have yeah. three minutes before it logs us off because I always make the Zoom time so much shorter because I, I always forget like the conversation rolls and this stuff is so good. So can you tell all of the listeners where they can find you, what's, what you're working on, where they can check you out if they want to work with you? Yeah, um, you can find me. Uh, big thing is YouTube at The Heart Space. That's H-A-R-T, not H-E-A-R-T. It's my last name, Ryan Hart. So at The Heart Space. And um, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Telegram, and I'm not so much live on Twitter, but Twitter. And then also at themeditationqueen.com. Um, yeah, meditationqueen.com. Or you can just Google the meditation queen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I will put all those links in the show notes for people to find you. Thank you so much, Madeline. This was so much fun. Yeah. I'm so honored and blessed to have worked with you and have you as a mentor and this is going to help so many people because you're so wise. So, Aww, God bless you. You are too. It was an honor. Thank you, Lauren. So much love for you.